0: We thank you for this time that we can be together. And Lord God, we do thank you for your compassion. We thank you for the mercy and the grace that you've shown every one of us here. Father, we are all part of this story, but we're each one of us has a part of the story about what you've done and what you've done on our behalf of your great love for us and your great love and mercy and justice. You have for us, so Father, we we praise you this morning. We pray, Lord. Also, would you be here just as we sang? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you come this morning? Would you open our ears to hear, our minds to understand? Would you open your scriptures to us, Lord God, that we might comprehend uh, a little bit more about your uh, your thoughts toward us this morning. Uh, Lord, God, the, the depth and the breadth and the height, Lord, of your love, we, we need your help uh, understanding. And so, Lord, would you just expand our minds? Would you just help us to understand, help us to grasp, Lord, just a little bit better than we came in this morning. We ask this in Jesus' great name, amen, amen. All right, let's see. We have, uh, yes, kids, if you'd like to go out for Children's Church, you can follow Clay and Sherilyn out the back there. And it is good to be with y'all this morning. I don't know if you heard the story, but we weren't sure we were going to be here this morning, but here we are. So, anyway, glad to be with you all this morning. It's a blessing to be here. Good to see you guys. Um, I wanted to start, I wanted to talk to you this morning a little bit about this. Um, when I was in uh, college, I can remember really wrestling with this question Does God really love you and me? Did He really die for you and me? Did He really suffer for you and me individually? Or was it for the whole world? Um, you know, and I, I, I remember I really struggled with that question a lot. I mean, is he really, could he really be that interested in me? Or is his interest more for mankind? Is his interest more for the world? Could he really be that interested in, in me? And uh, I remember, I, I actually, I took several months and I kind of searched the scriptures and I read through the Old Testament, I read through the New Testament, and, and just looking for examples of, of God's grace toward people and his love toward people individually, not as a group. You know what I'm saying and so you know I'd read the Old Testament and I'd read about how God showed favor and mercy on David, but David was the king you know of of Israel and and I, I would read other parts of the scripture and he would he would pour out his his love or his leadership or his power on individual people and kings or judges and then I'd look to the New Testament and see his activity and and I wondered uh, really all along is is his focus really could it, could he really be that interested in a person, or is his interest, is, 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 was Christ's death just for uh, all of mankind, for all of our sin, for everyone who would follow him? And I really struggle with that. Is anyone else in my odd, is anyone else, has anyone else th- th- thought about those things? Could God really be that interested in me? Did Jesus Christ, did, has anyone ever heard, if, if you were the, anybody heard a pastor ever say, if you were the only person on earth, Jesus Christ still would have suffered and died on your behalf? Have you ever heard that? Um, I wondered for a long time if that was true. Um, and I would ask you, you know, in John 3.16, it says um, that God gave his only son because of his love for the world right? It doesn't say for each and every one of us, does it? And so it was passages like that that I kind of wondered, it, it, you know, is it really, does he really love me individually that much? Does he really love you as an individual, as a person that much? Or is his love for mankind? Is his love for the redeemed? Could he really be that interested in me? Could he be really, really be that interested in you? Um, I, want you to, I, want, I want to look with you in, uh, in Galatians, actually, we're going to look at the writings of, of uh, actually this is one of the earliest writings of Paul. And uh, you remember Paul would say something very interesting in one, one of his later letters in his life. Um, he would call himself the, the chief of sinners, you know, the chief of sinners. I think that's interesting coming from the Apostle Paul because, of course, we all look at people wrongly. We look at people from the, uh, the Bible as being superheroes who could do no wrong. Um, that's certainly not the case. That's certainly not how the Bible presents them. Uh, they were fallible people just like you and me, and uh, and they, uh, they were loved by an incredible God just like you and me. Amen? And uh, so anyway, here I want to read with you something about what Paul wrote. And he says something that's really pretty startling here in Galatians chapter 2, um, especially considering where Paul had come from. Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. How come? Do you remember? Why does he call himself the chief of sinners in one of his later letters? Because I, what? Anybody remember off the top of your head? Because he persecuted the church. Because when Paul was Saul before Christ came, and did you get that, Joel? Was that a high five there? Nice. Okay. Yell it out, man. That's all right. Just yell. You're right on the front row. You can just yell it out. Um, uh, he, was called the, he called himself the chief of, chief of sinners because he persecuted the church. He hauled people around and tried to haul people to jail who were following this new way called Christianity. And then Jesus Christ to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? and he said, who are you? And it was the Lord Jesus Christ appearing to him. But that's why he called himself the chief of sinners, because he persecuted the church that one day he actually went back and started building and planting churches. Uh, But anyway, let's look in in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Would you read along with me? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith, in the Son of God. Now, here's the last part of the verse is what I want to focus on. Listen to what he says. So he lives his life by faith in the Son of God, in Jesus, who he's talking about, who loved me and gave himself for me. You get that? Do you hear what the Apostle Paul's saying? Is that this Jesus that he had persecuted, this Jesus that he persecuted his church, Paul says very personally, And very individually, he loved me, and he gave himself for me. He doesn't say that he gave himself for the body. He doesn't say he gave himself for the church. He doesn't say he gave himself for the redeemed, and all those things are true. But also, he gave himself for me. That's an incredible thought, isn't it? I want you to just take just a second here. I want you to let that sink in for just a minute. God's love for us is so great that he gave himself for you. His love for you personally, individually is so great that he gave himself for you. What, what, what do I mean by he gave himself? He left heaven for you. He came on earth and was born as a servant for you. He suffered a humiliating And abusing death and he gave his life up for you he gave himself all of himself for you and for me individually and personally he loves you that much each of us that much how great the father's love for us amen Amen. Y- y'all need to be a little more vocal today. Was, it, was the ladies leading today? Could it make everybody kind of calm, sedate this morning? Uh, it, it's an amazing fact. You know, and I wonder, uh, just uh, let me chase a rabbit here for just a moment. But, uh, you know, the apostle Paul suffered such incredible trouble, you know, and, and Jesus, when he called him, he said he was going to show Paul how much he was going to have to suffer for the name of Christ. Uh, and, and boy, did Paul suffer. You remember the story from his letters. He was, he was shipwrecked. He was, he was out in, left in the sea for a time. He was, knew what it was to be hungry. He was, he was starved. He was stoned. He was all these things that he was persecuted because of what he was trying to do for the church. And I wonder sometimes, and you surely would wonder sometimes, why did he not quit? You know, today, you and I, you know, something bad happens. You know, our car breaks down on the way to somewhere, and we think, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. You know, everything's falling apart. My life's terrible. Paul's shipwrecked, left out in the sea, in the sea uh, you know, without water. He's, he's stoned to death for trying to carry out the gospel, and he never doubts Christ's love for him. He never doubts it. Because here, again, in Galatians chapter 2, he says, he declares, the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Is there anything greater, is there anything that would help you hold on to your Christian faith, to persevere through trouble, to to get on task with what Jesus is doing than this, that he loved you and he gave himself up for you individually, every single one of us? It's an amazing thought. It's an incredible thing. But this is the way that we're supposed to understand Christ's suffering and death. You know, we read and we understand that, that Jesus Christ, of course, didn't just die for me. But his, the, his death and, and his sacrifice is, uh, is, is effective for everyone who would follow and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We believe this. We know this to be true. But that's not the only fact. The other fact is, is that his suffering and death has to do with me. And it has to do with you individually. Uh, and, and that his life, his, his suffering and his death is all about Christ's love for me and for you very, very personally. Yeah? All right. This is the way we're to understand it. And, and of course, this only makes sense. It wasn't that Jesus didn't just die for sin in general, right? He, right? He didn't just die for sin in general. He died for sin. He died for my sin. He died for your sin each of us individually. It wasn't that he just went to the cross to just pay for the whole world's guilt of sin. In a way, he did, but it would only be effective for those people who had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not that he went on the cross and then, okay, now everybody's okay. It's only those who believe in him for whom his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness is effective. Are you with me? Yeah, it's very true. But listen, it was my sin that he suffered and died for. It was my hard-heartedness that he had to pay the penalty for. It it was my uh, uh, waywardness. It was my rebellion against God. It was my uh, 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 not agreeing with God and not pursuing God when I should have, when he was my creator and the lover of my soul and the shepherd of my soul. That was all mine, and this all becomes very personal when I realize that it was my guilt and my sin that put him where he did and and that he gladly and and, and lovingly gave himself and loved us just for that reason, just very personally. He took your sin. You with me? It wasn't just all of the world's sin. He took your sin. It was each of us individually for whom he died. You with me? It was my sin, and it, was, uh, it wasn't it not just in general. It was my hard-heartedness. I was the person who was lost. I was among the perishing, and when it came to my standing with God, I deserved, I earned on my own only God's justice. I didn't earn his mercy or his grace. Uh, and all I could do, you know, you know when you came to Christ and, and each of us maybe comes a little different way because he meets so many needs for us and, and his love is so great for us. But when I came to Christ, I remember just being overwhelmed by the burden of sin and, and I needed his mercy. I needed him to remove my guilt, not everyone else's. I needed him to remove my guilt from me. Yeah, I needed his mercy and all I could do was to plead with him, forgive me, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And can I tell you, in that moment, it all became very personal, you know? Then all of the sin that I had bore, all the shame and the guilt that I had for for poor decisions, for selfishness in my life, all of those things were lifted from me when I came to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And very personally, he removed my sin that day because of the act of Jesus Christ giving himself and loving me very personally, gave himself on the cross for me 2,000 years ago, and it became effective the day that I believed. Amen? Incredible thing. All I could do is plead for mercy, and I see Christ suffering, and I see Christ dying in the Scriptures, and, and, and the question is, is who, for whom did he die? For whom did he suffer? For whom was, was this great price poured out for? It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, the last part, it says that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It says in John chapter 15, verse 13, it says, great, Jesus is speaking, he says, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay his life down for one of his friends. For his friends. In Matthew 20, 28, Jesus speaking, said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life, as a ransom for many. And at the time before I came to Jesus Christ, we could ask, could I be one of the many for whom he gave his life? Could I be one of his friends for whom he laid down his life? Could I be part of the church for whom he gave himself up? And the answer, of course, is yeah. Yes, you can. Through faith in Jesus Christ, you can be one of the ones that he calls a friend for whom he gave his life up. Uh, you can be one of the people who are who is in the church for whom He gave uh, Himself up for, and you and I can be one of the ones that He gave His life as a ransom uh, for. You and I, each of us individually, can be, because it says in Acts chapter ten, verse forty-three: "Everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name." Very personally. And individually, this is why that we preach and teach so much, especially in Baptist churches, that you are not a Christian because you are raised in a Christian home. You are a Christian because you have chosen to believe and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That makes you a Christian. That removes your sin and your shame and your guilt. That is what brings you over from sinfulness into holiness in God's eyes because you believe and you have stated with your mouth, I believe that he died for me. I believe that he loved me and that he gave himself for me. Amen? Amazing. Right. You know what happens then? What happens? You know, can could we could we get captured by this moment? Can we get captured by this one more time? Could 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 we think about and ponder about this, about the great love of God for you? About his great love that he would give himself up for you personally? If we were... Um, man, you know, our, our, it, w- when I became a Christian, my heart was swayed. I was changed. There was a before and there was an after. There was a b- before I had experienced the freedom that came from believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and having Him remove my sin. And all of a sudden, there's a before and after. And I'm not saying that I was that different a person, but everything changed for me from that moment on. And I would begin to change very slowly, incredibly painfully, slowly, honestly, <clears throat> over a period of time. But uh, from that moment on, Everything was different. From that moment on, I was, I was, my, my heart was changed, and I was captured by this God who loved so very much that he gave himself for us, the, this, this God, who, this man, Jesus Christ, this God-man, Jesus Christ, who was so perfect and gave his perfect life for someone so very far from perfect like myself, and I'm captured by that grace and that love and that mercy. Aren't you? I, I'm captivated by it. I, I'm astounded by it. I'm in awe of it. I look at it and I say, it, it was so It was so injustice. There was so much injustice. There was so much wrong here that Jesus Christ should die and that I shouldn't. But what could I do except to be a recipient of his love and his mercy and his grace? What could I do? What could you do except to say, Lord, I accept it. I accept your great gift. I, I accept this, that you paid this such a high price uh, and, and gave me this such greatest gift that, that's ever been given, and I accept, and, 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 I, and I just want to wallow in it. I want to stand in awe before God and say, I can't believe your great love for me when I've not proven to you that I'm worthy. Yeah, but I didn't have to be worthy, and you didn't have to be worthy. We just have to accept it, that he loved us and gave himself up for us because of his great love. Incredible, amazing thought. Um, and I'm overwhelmed. Are you, you ever overwhelmed? Do you ever just stop in your quiet time? And I know, you know, I, I do a daily devotional. Maybe you do, do a daily v- devotional. And sometimes that devotional is, you know, it's great. I'm not saying anything bad about that. But, but do you ever stop sometimes and you just sit in awe of the work of Jesus Christ? Do you ever just stop and just let yourself be overwhelmed by this thought that he loved me and gave himself up for me? There are, you know, a hundred other people on this block or in this dorm or in this apartment complex, but he loved me and gave himself up for me, and he called me one day to be one of his own. Incredible, amazing. Uh, Allow yourself to be overwhelmed. Allow yourself to be dumbstruck, in awe, and just say, Lord, I I don't understand, but what can I do? But just just sweep me away. Make me more yours than I was before. This changes everything, doesn't it? This, is, this changes everything. Um, and I say, like Paul, he loved me, and he gave himself up for me. An amazing thing. He paid the highest price possible to give me the greatest gift possible. John Piper said that. He paid the, great, the highest price possible to give me the greatest gift possible. Let me, uh, let me finish like this. This means that you here this morning... Every single one of you, you are someone that God valued enough to send Christ to die for. Yeah? Let me put it much simpler. Let me get rid of some prepositional phrases there. God valued you so much that Christ died for you. Yeah? Now, not that we were valuable, but we were valued by God. Not that we were just so great and so special, God just said, you know, I just can't make it another day unless I get that one. It's not like that, is it? No, no. But we were so valued by him that he gave himself up for us. Uh, Yeah, you are someone that Christ died for. And I'd like to stop there, but there's something else I need to say, is that when you look around at other people, there's someone That Christ died for too you know be careful how you look at other people be careful how you judge their worth because God's value of people is much different than ours isn't it we look at people and we look at their success or we look at their looks or we look at their 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 beliefs or or whatever and we judge we look at their status are they rich are they poor what kind of house they live in what kind of car do they drive what kind of shoes do they wear You know, okay, I've never thought that. Maybe some of you have. But anyway, um, but we look at people and we judge so very differently. But think about this. Every single one of us is someone, every one you meet is someone potentially that Christ died for, is someone who, who potentially Christ had an effect in their life to save them if they would only believe. And he died for them too. It's kind of funny, isn't it? In the end, we're all on the same level. We're all in the same rung. We're none of us are deserving. We're all beggars at the table, right? We're all beggars at the table of the master of 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 our God, of our Creator, of, of, of the of the banquet giver. We're all ma- we're all servants there. We're all beggars there, and he just says, "You have nothing that I desire. I I, I don't want to be. You know, I don't want you here because you're popular. I don't want you here because of your status. I don't want you here because of your money. I don't want you here because you're good looking." I want you here because I love you. Incredible. Amazing. Amazing. And everyone you meet is someone for whom Christ died. And you yourself are someone for whom Christ died. We're incredibly valued, amazingly valued by our God. So much so that he loved us so much that he gave himself up for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. If those words would sink in, if we could really understand your great love for us. And the Apostle Paul would write in Ephesians that, that we'd need help to know how, how high and deep and wide is the love of Christ. Not just the, the love of the Father, but the love of Jesus Christ for us. That we'd need the, the help of the Holy Spirit for us to understand it, to grasp it. So Father, I want to pray just over, over all of us today here. Lord, would you help us to grasp how high and wide and deep is the love of Jesus Christ for us. That every one of us here is someone for whom Christ died. That we were so loved by you and so valued by you that you would give the, the, the greatest gift, that you would pay the highest price for this, the greatest gift. Where we worship you and we honor you. We thank you for your great love for us. And, Lord, may it for, for every one of us, may it, may it change our lives like it did the Apostle Paul. May we never doubt the love of God for us. No matter what tragedy, no matter what uh, adversity, no matter what suffering we go through, may we, like Paul, say, he loved me and he gave himself up for me. Why would I ever doubt his love? Just if you would just continue, and just a prayer for all attitude. I want to just uh, another couple things I want to tell you. You're going to go through adversity in your life. You're going to go through times that you wonder whether or not God is for you, whether or not His love has changed for you, or whether or not you've deserved His love. And I tell you the answer. He proved it on the cross two thousand years ago. He loved you so much. That he gave himself up for you. Why would you ever again doubt his love? You know, we we all come from different places. And we may, you know, you may come from a place where you came from a broken home. And to understand an unconditional love is, is so far from you, you don't even know how to grasp it. But I'm here to tell you today, you never have to doubt his love for you individually. Every one of you. He loved you so much that he gave himself up for you, Amen. Amen. Lord God, help us. Honestly, we need your help. We we've not your kind of love, your un, your unconditional love. We don't see here on earth. Um, even the love of a parent for a child sometimes comes with the conditions. Even the uh, the the the, the, uh, the love of a of a husband and a wife, uh, the, the 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 love between two lovers is is comes with conditions. But yours came with none. You just said, I love you and I give myself up for you. The Lord Jesus Christ did. And he said, I would gladly, I I willingly lay my life down for my friends. Lord, thank you for calling us to be one of your friends. Thank you for giving your life as a ransom for, for the many. Thank you for calling us to be one of the many. But thank you for doing it, Lord. Listen, thank you for doing it, Lord one of us at a time, taking away our sin individually and convincing us and swaying us and winning us over by your great love for us as a person, each of us. Lord, we thank you. We honor and praise you, Lord, with our lives. Help us to understand. Help us by your Holy Spirit to comprehend how great your love for us. In Jesus' great name we pray, amen.